welcome to Innovate Podcast, giving voice to socially conscious and forward-thinking leaders and organizations within the nonprofit, education, culture, philanthropy, and social entrepreneurship sectors. Here's your host, Robert Rim. The Sphinx organization is dedicated to social justice and transforming lives through the power of diversity in the arts. Sphinx's four program areas, education and access, artist development, performing artists and arts leadership, form a pipeline that develops and supports diversity and inclusion in classical music at every level. Music education, artists performing on stage, the repertoire and programming being performed, the communities represented in audiences, and the artistic and administrative leadership within the field. Sphinx was founded in 1997 by her husband, Aaron Dworkin, an internationally renowned leader in cultural entrepreneurship, with the goal of addressing the underrepresentation of people of color in classical music. The name Sphinx, inspired by the mythical creature and legendary statue, reflects the power, wisdom, and persistence that characterize Sphinx's participants, as well as the enigmatic and interpretive nature of music and art. Now led by President and Artistic Director Afa Dworkin, Sphinx programs reach more than 100,000 students and artists, as well as live and broadcast audiences of more than 2 million annually. A recipient of the Kennedy Center's Human Spirit Award, as well as one of Musical America's top 30 influencers in the nation, and Detroit Crane's 40 Under 40, Afa is a musical thought leader, international speaker, university lecturer, and cross-sector strategist driving national programming that promotes diversity in classical music. As head of the nation's leading organization, Transforming Lives Through the Power of Diversity in the Arts, she oversees all fundraising strategic and artistic initiatives. During her tenure, she's expanded the organization's international partner network to more than 50 foundations and leading enterprises, resulting in the organization's most successful fundraising campaign in its 23-year history. Under her leadership, her team's national artistic network has also grown to over 60 symphony orchestras, enabling Sphinx to continue scaling its programming to new audiences worldwide. The strength of AFA's leadership across sectors and national divides is informed by her musical training, with bachelor's and master's degrees in violin performance with high honors, and more than 25 years of experience in the field, as well as her international corporate experience. AFA, welcome to Innovate Podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Your husband, Aaron, founded the organization. What did he witness that drove him to create the competition and later the organization itself? As a biracial violinist and artist himself, I think he frequently noted himself to be either the only one or one of less than a handful of people of color in whatever musical setting that he found himself be that an educational setting as a student at a preparatory music school and then later in college, as well as as an audience member, I think he was really struck by that lack of balance, lack of representation and disparity. And as someone who's a true kind of entrepreneur at heart and an activist in many ways, he chose to do something about it. And I think that it gave birth to the idea that was to become the Sphinx competition for young Black and Latinx string players, which was meant to first identify, but also give a spotlight to young emerging classical musicians of color who had a lot of merit and promise and potential, but maybe at times lacked access to quality training and really exposure. 
And given that foundation, the response initially must have been really quite positive. Absolutely. I think early on, he found that there was a great deal of need, as much need for resources and those opportunities as there was truly a need for creation of what was to become really the community, the Sphinx family or La Familia, as we refer to it. I think the great deal of value in building Sphinx and creating this community was the recognition amongst young people at first that they weren't the only ones. And in fact, there were rosters of young people just like them in other communities who were looking at building careers in classical music and were faced with some of the very similar challenges, as well as similar opportunities. And I think finding one another and relating to one another in such a way, learning from one another and building some of these musical alliances became just as important as any singular program on the Sphinx programmatic menu. And in what ways has the situation improved over time? Since founding of the Sphinx organization back in 97, I think some of the notable changes are more visible and others are more implied. You know, if we think about solo performances with orchestras, those were unheard of. And today, more than 20 times, one of our top laureates performs with a major orchestra in the country. So that's certainly visibly very different. Thinks alone commissions multiple works by composers of color annually. To date, we've commissioned new works as well as arrangements 26 times. So in terms of just shifting the face of classical music and changing and evolving our canon, there's been a great deal of progress. In the last year alone, there were six different commissioning consortia formed by American orchestras, which will each create multiple works by Black and Latinx composers to be performed by all of the members of the consortia. So in terms of just that influx, that sea change, in terms of what is played on stage, what is studied and performed, there is a great deal of difference there. Sphinx itself has an alumni network of more than 750 young artists. And in addition to that, two cohorts of C-suite administrative leaders who will go on and are beginning to assume CEO positions at various organizations and other leadership roles. So that shift as well. On the orchestral placement front, there have been 35 Black and Latinx musicians who have gained placement in American orchestras in, in the last two and a half years as a result of the work of the National Alliance for Audition Support. And Sphinx's family of orchestral partners has grown from one to now nearly 80. In hmm. that, coupled by 22 music schools and conservatories who also partner with Sphinx and another family of summer partners who work with us to provide unprecedented scholarship opportunities to young people pursuing their studies. I think what's changed is that the conversation is um, certainly more audible. I think more mainstream institutions are recognizing the importance of inclusion and diversity, and there's more partnership. So that's sort of the more implicit and maybe less visible way in which the field has changed. I think all of that being said, we've still got a long way to go. I think we ultimately claim victory when our music schools, conservatories, orchestras, and audiences begin to look like the communities in which we reside and which we hope to serve.
And that's sort of the pathway forward. Indeed. And along those lines, what's the Overture program? And tell us about the difference it's made in people's lives. Sure. Overture program is Sphinx's introductory year-round grassroots initiative from our educational family programs. Its purpose is really to introduce instrumental training to young people in first and second grade with a focus on Detroit and Flint schools where we literally place instruments in the hands of youngsters for the very first time and then provide them with biweekly lessons both group as well as individual lessons. The idea there is to spark the interest and provide young people with the discipline and other skill sets that come along with studying an instrument, but also building of other important life skill sets, such as collaboration, cooperation, and other ways in which I think study of a musical instrument then translates into their overall success. We reach more than 300 young people in the state of Michigan through that work, and it is kind of in many ways, the difference it's made is that it's provided young people with an outlet and opportunity that they would otherwise not have access to. And I think importantly, it's built a community of young emerging and then sustaining, I think, classical music lovers, certainly appreciators and future audience members. And then a number of them also do want to study in other intermediate level programs that are available and their communities becoming, therefore, kind of an important piece within the, the pathway, within the pipeline of that ecology. And talking about communities, while you do significant work within your local Detroit community, and in fact, throughout Michigan, Sphinx is also working nationally and internationally to cultivate Black and Latinx musicians. How does that outreach work? In many ways, that permeates through all of Sphinx's programs. We look at that empowerment piece through both our National Alliance for Audition Support, where we empower careers of emerging Black and Latinx musicians who are on their pathway to gaining permanent placement in American orchestras. So through that program, for example, we provide everything from coachings to scholarship funds toward auditions, but also individual training, master classes, mock auditions, and a great deal of mentorship, ultimately resulting in placement and, and network building for these musicians. So that's kind of a national effort that that's been very, very important. It's done in partnership with the League of American Orchestras, as well as the New World Symphony, Americans Orchestral Academy, which provides then the, the actual training and mentorship to the musicians. These partnerships, which provide mentorship, audition preparation, financial support, and audition previews to Black and Latinx musicians, these partnerships are so central to your activities, aren't they? Absolutely. From the very beginning and the inception of Thanks and our programmatic work, partnerships have been essential and integral to our development and our success. We always have felt that we can achieve greater things and deeper impact if we work with others because there are incredible institutions all around us who have various expertise, whether that's area of pedagogy uh, or other opportunities that are built into kind of the function of these institutions, be that conservatories or other orchestras and beyond. So it's not just financial resources but it's also the core work that when done in partnership can be so much more transformative and augment our ultimate mission and and help us achieve greater results for the industry and for our mission in particular. Another area of work that we have is that 
our annual convening, Things Connect, is sort of the almost the motherboard of our programs in that it assembles more than 1,000 people annually here in Detroit from all around the country, as well as some other countries as well. This past year, we had guests from and participants from seven different countries also attend. It's a way to congregate the field and share both best practices as well as new initiatives, some of the challenges, and center our global discussion on the issues of DEI and some of the elements that have been experimented with, some of the success stories and ways in which we can all work together to to push for change, really. It's become, I think it's shifted Sphinx's profile, particularly in this country, as almost a service to the field organization that provides not just connections and networking, but real life solutions and ways to connect people who are working on some of the similar issues and really thereby building a bigger community that's interested in and invested in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what are the dates of the upcoming program? So Sphinx Connect is going to occur during the last weekend of January. At the moment, we are looking at the possibility of it occurring, of course, virtually. We aren't yet sure if we're going to have to go fully virtual or if there's going to also be a live component to it. But regardless of how we end up shaping it, the theme for this year is unity, very much in response to not only Sphinx's central mission as a social justice organization, but also the twin pandemics that have befallen uh, not only the world, but our country in particular. And the idea there is to unify our voices and really come together to discuss some of what has happened, what's been happening, and how the events of this year have really shaped the work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. We do encourage folks everywhere to keep their eye and ear open on our website as we'll continue to develop the planning for that and figure out whether this is done in a virtual space or in a hybrid space. But we do look forward to delivering some important dynamic content and importantly, also featuring important voices of our artists. Without question. And um, when you're talking, I'm thinking about your flagship program, which is the Sphinx Competition, in which young Black and Latinx string players compete for prizes ranging from $3,000 to $50,000 and receive guidance and mentorship from established musicians. Tell us what goes into this competition and why it's so important to a musician's development. In many ways, the competition, because it's our oldest program, I think the very most important function of the competition is really identifying the most promising top talent of young artists who are on their pathway to building careers in classical music, who themselves happen to be of Black and Latinx descent. I think nationally in American orchestras, Black and Latinx musicians comprise about 4.2%. Of course, that is in dramatic underrepresentation as to our population. As such, the mission of the competition very much lies centrally in and building toward that balance where our representation in the field, not only in orchestras, but also on the solo field, as well as chamber music, is going to look a lot more like our communities do. So I think what's so important about the competition is that early on, it seeks out a way to identify the greatest talent, but then also bring that talent together and build a community, providing not only a platform to perform in front of an internationally recognized jury panel, but also access to scholarships, access to finer instruments, 
and of course also uh, an opportunity to perform for and study with the greatest teachers in music schools and conservatories, receive that tutelage, that mentorship, and have access to role modeling that is exemplified by members of the Sphinx Symphony, which is our professional all-Black and Latino orchestra that performs with the competitors and goes through that kind of this collaborative experience where young artists get to learn about those who came before them, study with them, have an opportunity for fellowship and for networking. Ultimately, the competition also provides a platform or scholarship to summer institutions, to music schools, to conservatories, and of course, performance opportunities with more than 20 orchestras, as well as a chance to then join one of our touring ensembles who then tour around the country annually and have a further opportunity for that exposure and further community building. So in many ways, competition and its impact permeates through many of our other performing arts programs that then help to launch and in some cases propel careers of these young musicians. Better to speak of it. Fostering Relationships and Results Through Creativity is a book of core management and personal values written in collaboration with Clive Gillinson, Executive and Artistic Director of Carnegie Hall, offering first-hand experiences from Gillinson and the leaders of key nonprofit, corporate, educational, and cultural institutions, including the New York City Department of Education, Museum of Modern Art, New York Public Library, and Juilliard, and major performing artists such as Joyce D. Donato, Anne-Sophie Mooter, Jesse Norman, and Michael Tilson-Thomas. The book appeals to readers, including nonprofit directors and managers, corporate executives and employees, arts administration staff and students, and the public interested in the health and well-being of the arts. Exploring the vital benefits of innovation and organizational management, serving others and effective partnerships, access and mentoring, budgeting and well-considered risk, media and effective communications, education, and lifelong learning. We now return to Afa and Robert. And along the lines of propelling careers, how important is it not only to have Black and Latinx representation within the classical music world, but also to have leadership coming from those communities? Well, I think it's essential. In many ways, having a seat at the table and being able to set the table has been something that's been lacking in our industry, as we all know, to address the lack of representation in the leadership positions. Things three years ago launched a program that we call LEAD, and that is our administrative leadership C-suite program that also competitively identifies emerging leaders of color and then provides them with a two-year academy opportunity where we have learning retreats, individual coaching and mentorship, network building, access to greater leaders who themselves are extremely accomplished and can serve as mentors and help push forward the careers of these young leaders. And even though this is one of our younger programs, I think it's delving into the space that I think is central and really has the possibility of really shifting the landscape in our industry because these are future CEOs of orchestras. These are future deans and young entrepreneurs who themselves may serve as 
founding artistic directors and or CEOs of their organizations, which they've created and built. In its short time span, we've already seen wonderful success from our initial two cohorts. There have been four placements and six advancements amongst the leaders, the, the initial set of 19 leaders in these two cohorts. And our hope is that in short order, we're going to see significant change that's going to help our institutions uh, not only integrate this talent, but also look at this talent as the opportunity to not just diversify their family of leaders, but to reimagine who we are as artistic institutions. I think in this day and age, we hear many partners talk about the importance of diversity, but also lack of an ability to identify the talent pool. And Sphinx Lead is the answer to that. It is that clearinghouse. It is this roster of leaders who are ready to serve, poised, prepared to give back and really lead in many ways. Yeah, and you provide such opportunities to look forward in that way. And uh, here we are in 2020, and while COVID-19 has hit the country incredibly hard, it's disproportionately affected communities of color. How has the Sphinx organization adapted in really these unprecedented times? COVID's had a, a pretty profound impact on our industry overall and more profound, as you said, on communities of color. So one of the initial ways in which things have been able to respond is to wrap our arms around our artists and our leaders by providing some income replacement and other artist grants opportunities to help financially through resources. We've been able to award more than 120000 to our artists to help propel and move forward their careers, even in the state of this despair and a time where, of course, they lost so many performance opportunities and where the future looks extremely tenuous and uncertain. Additionally, we've been able to create new performance opportunities and find innovation in this time where we have pivoted all of our educational programs into the digital space, providing teaching opportunities to our teaching artists. We serve nearly 90 young people through our intensive summer programs, as well as more than 70 of our orchestral musicians through our National Alliance to Audition Support, which really, by the way, quadrupled the reach of that program despite COVID. So what that meant is that it created a mini ecosystem within the ecosystem of the arts by providing teaching opportunities, mentorship opportunities, also being able to compensate our teaching artists who are looking for work in this time because they lost their performances, but providing that connectivity and the network to the students. So in this way, I've been really proud of the innovation and ingenuity exhibited by my team to kind of not skip a beat and continue to do that. And we continue to reimagine it. Here on October 15th, we're going to have our first ever virtual gala bringing together the best of the best of our artists from the Medals of Excellence alumni to members of the Sphinx Virtuosi, which is our premier touring ensemble, as well as Exigence Choral Ensemble, which is the choral division of what Sphinx does. And really young people, as well as some of our more mature artists from all across our program. It's going to be a celebration of talent, of achievement. These are going to be works by Black and Latinx composers 
many of which were created here during COVID. <laughs> One of the ways in which things believe in empowering careers is that we believe in new music and providing platforms for new voices and therefore also evolving and enriching our performing canon. The theme for the gala is Lift Every Voice, very much in response to some of the tragic events that occurred that we've had to endure in the past several months, but ultimately it is a celebration of excellence, of diversity, and the talent that's inherent in our community. So we hope that as many folks as possible will, will join us on October 15th, that information and the link and the link is going to be, uh, is available and will be available uh, right on our homepage. So it's very easy to join us and we'd love to celebrate together. Indeed. And celebrating together is such a wonderful aspect uh, in these times, as always. And I'm thinking of the large organization and what you've been able to accomplish with over 600 alumni, over $4 million in artist grants and scholarships, over 100,000 students touched by Sphinx's programs. What's next for the Sphinx organization? I think it's more looking into what we do and further evolving what we're able to do as a service to the field organization, finding new and maybe unexplored ways to further bring the field together, to mobilize our artists, give more platforms for the voices of our artists, and, and helping the whole field embrace the notion of diversity, not as the right thing to do, but really as the only pathway toward true artistic excellence. I think the sooner we as a field and as a larger community embrace and understand the idea that we cannot be excellent unless we are representative, we cannot be excellent unless we're diverse, I think the richer the experience, in many ways I see things as sort of this catalyst for mobilizing the field and finding newer and richer and deeper ways to work together so that we can look, you know, in 10 years, if we look back and really reflect on ourselves and how far we've come and celebrate that the field has become as diverse and as enriched and as empowered as our communities. And that's really the ultimate goal. Hmm. Excellence and diversity, access, scholarships, significant change, la familia, hmm. such crucial aspects that deeply touch our lives. We'll much look forward to the virtual gala on October 15th, Lift Every Voice. You can read more about Sphinx's programs online and become involved by visiting sphinxmusic.org. I feel good to talk with you and all the best to the entire Sphinx team with your vital work. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Our library of interviews and a range of further resources are available at our website, innovatepodcast.org. Innovate is produced in partnership with Ashoka, Innovators for the Public, the Kellogg Fellows Leadership Alliance, the Philadelphia Social Innovations Journal, and by Arch Street Press. For PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, this has been Innovate. Innovate.